Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. It was coordinator day over at Bank of America Stadium. We'll hear some audio starting here off with Thomas Brown, who addressed the lack of tight end production we've seen in the offense after Hayden Hurst had a big uh, outing in week one. I think we talk about attacking a defense from a pass game standpoint. We'll have specific plans week to week when it comes to attacking single high man, uh, whether it be single, single high zone, whether it be what we call 99 cover 33 week or three deep zones, or even some of two high shelf standpoints. So it's more based off of the pit progression from a quarterback standpoint and guys getting open the rhythm and timing of a play. That answer satisfy the lack of tight end targets we've seen from Hayden Hurst since the game at Atlanta. You know, when Bryce Young, we didn't talk about it as much. When Bryce Young was asked about the lack of targets towards Hayden Hurst after the New Orleans Saints contest, he said it's not necessarily his decision. It was something to the tune of that being coaching, not targeting Hayden Hurst. And the Saints are better at covering tight ends than some of the other squads. So it's not like I had a huge problem with it. But after game one, Wes, I thought Hayden Hurst was going to be a lot more involved than I had even given him credit for heading into the season. It's tailed off a little bit. How big of a role do you expect him to have going forward? Uh, Yeah, I I, I think about that as well. And so when you look at it, I know NFL coaches, they're no different. Like I said, it's like basketball or any other sport. You're going to find the matchups that work for you. These coaches watch these teams. They know what they're good at defending and what they're not. And I feel like probably the last two weeks, Hayden Hurst hasn't had the best matchup, one that they feel like that they could exploit like they did uh, the game when he played really, really well uh, in Atlanta. So I think that when you talk about, oh, was that New Orleans? That was that was Atlanta when he scored. Yeah, that was Atlanta when he I'm scored. I'm sorry, I got enthralled with Flems. No, you're That's good. That's right, Flems Yeah, so Atlanta in. when he scored. So I know that they're just trying to find the right matchups, and they feel like certain matchups are better than others, and I think they do that with receivers as well, unless you're a number one guy like a Devontae Adams or somebody like that where they're going to try to get you the ball regardless. But I think that uh, Hayden Hurts is definitely going to pop back up in the offense, and it could see it this week against a Minnesota Vikings defense that uh, definitely gives up their share of passing yards and points. So this could be a week where uh, they open things up in the middle and he's able to thrive. Well, and couch coach Kyle wrote in, it's wild Hayden Hurst isn't getting more targets, seeing how tight ends are usually considered a safe valve for QBs. I think the whole QBs are a young quarterback's best friend thing is overused. You yeah. actually don't see them targeted as much. And that's been proven. And it has been. I, I will say the Frank Reich factor, I thought, would change that though because he does like throwing to the tight ends then we got Hayden Hurst performance in week one where they were targeting him a lot the touchdown went to Hayden Hurst one of the interceptions in the middle of the field went to Hayden Hurst I thought okay this is the wrinkle in the Frank Reich, Frank Reich offense that we can expect to see but hasn't happened the last two games maybe against Minnesota he gets involved once more what else you got for the live wire Fitty? all right let's transition over to the defensive side of the football and we talked at nauseam all summer that the Panthers had to find a pass rusher opposite Brian Burns and you know Houston has been a nice uh acquisition so far this year but why GM has quietly done some nice things hasn't got the type of praise you'd think because we basically labeled him a bust before this year started, but his production has not been lost on Ajero Avera, who said uh, his breakout's been much needed for this defense. 
He's done a great job. Uh, start off, you know, he's on the edge. He's an outside backer. He's going to play defensive end for us in our nickel package. And uh, he can rush. He can set the edge. He can play the run game. He's done all those things really well. And when you look at those known passing situations, when you're just trying to get your best rusher out there, regardless of position, uh, his ability to move inside, show that flexibility, to rush on guards, to rush on centers, to work all those uh, pass games inside. And he's done a great job of learning it and uh, showing that flexibility. And it's been really good for our team. Well, maybe this will be an example of player development because definitely we thought YGM was going to be a guy on the outs. But if you look right now, he's on pace to break his career best season of three and a half sacks from 2021. He's already got a sack and a half on the year and a tackle for loss. Uh, you love to see it because he looks like a guy that's looking to step up. Who knows? Is that that Justin Houston veteran leadership that's helped him as he's come in? Is it Brian Burns also maturing and helping YGM to be able to find his way to the quarterback regardless of the fact he's getting the job done. Uh, he's got five tackles on the year and a sack and a half, but he's definitely over there splitting that time with Justin Houston, and it looks like the tutelage and whatever else he's added to his bag right now is working out because he looks well on pace for a career season when you're talking about sacks. Well, and, and not that it would erase all of the mistakes that this front office has made when it comes to drafting. It would help a little bit. If YGM starts to produce and he's been playing the last couple of games against Atlanta, only played four snaps total, played 42 against New Orleans, 41 against Seattle, and had about 20 pass rushing opportunities in each of those games. He's been getting after the passer, and that's all we want from him. I, I mean, yes, I want you to play well in the run game. I want you to tackle. He's actually posted pretty good tackling grades throughout his career. But really, the next step for him in his development was getting after the passer at a much higher rate. He showed that against New Orleans, starting to do it a little bit. He was active against Seattle. I'm hoping for him, man. Like, hopefully this is the time where he can really start to be productive in this defense. What else you got for us, Fitty? All right, well, let's, let's go to a topic we did not get to during the campus corner, which is everyone's favorite topic in college sports. And that's conference realignment. And yesterday, good friend of the show, good friend of the station, Gene Sapikoff, reported that the Clemson Tigers uh, could look to exit the ACC by the end of the year. And he joined Kyle Bailey yesterday in the afternoon to explain why he thinks that's the case. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's been uh, fairly clear probably since about the summer of 2022 that some ACC schools, most notably Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina, really, to me, jumping into it with that Board of Trustees blast at the Cal-Stanford-SMU edition on September 1st, the night before the official announcement. I mean, I think uh, it's just a matter of time and my story in the Charleston Post and Courier was basically that Clemson people over the last couple of weeks have been telling me some sort of move, at least regarding Clemson, is coming sooner than later and probably before the end of the 2023 calendar year. If you remember when conference realignment took off in the mid-2010s, when Maryland left, Rutgers left, Colorado left, everyone thought that Clemson and Florida State would wind up in the Big 12. Of course, the Big 12 has changed since the last decade or so. Is that still on the cards, though? Or is if, if Clemson's leaving, is it just for the SEC or the Big 10? Well, from what I've seen, and we'll get into this more probably tomorrow, but from what I've seen, I think Clemson is leaning towards the SEC, but uh, their rivals up the road are trying to uh, put a stop to that. 
And so that's another addition to their rivalry because they're saying that South Carolina is definitely uh, leaning towards trying to block Clemson from entering the SEC. But I think that's their league of choice at the moment. But if they're not able to go there, uh, obviously they'll try to look to some other leagues. Well, this is the thing about keeping some of the ACC programs out of the SEC. Florida doesn't want Florida State in there. South Carolina doesn't want Clemson. Those are the two best football programs in in the ACC, at least from a viewing standpoint for Florida State and on the field product, even if it's a down year for Clemson. From an on-the-field product, it's still Clemson over the last decade. But you have a couple schools trying to block them. Here's my thing, too, and we here's the second reference. Big shout-out to Ovius and Gilio uh, on YouTube. and go check them out on their podcast. But I remember them talking about how real G's move in silence like lasagna. Okay, God, so that's a good line. yeah, well, Wheezy's staring right at me on Wes's shirt, so I decided to grow with a lame okay. uh, name. A shout out to him. But the teams that actually move conferences, they don't do so shooting a flare, letting everybody know they're about to do it. We didn't see that with Texas and Oklahoma, but Florida State, they were telling everybody that would listen to them, "Hey, we're about to change. We're going to do it. I promise you." <laughs> and Clemson. They just continued to be quiet about it all. And we all knew they probably were looking for a way out, but they weren't nearly as vocal as Florida State was. And now with Clemson looking to, there's a report about how there's a real chance that they might just sneak on out of the ACC. They're doing it silently, not letting everybody know, not throwing a tantrum like Florida State was. It makes more sense in the way that we've seen big schools move from their conferences in the past. So to me, it feels like that's the road that I would expect a team to take if they move conferences compared to what Florida State was about to do. Let's go. You got anything else on that, one? No, no, no. Go Let's go uh, on to another highlight from the live wire. All right. I'm going to save the Taylor Swift audio for maybe tomorrow's edition of Time to Trend because we got to get in this Tyree Kill audio. He was on Twitch the other night <laughs> with Mike Evans playing. I believe Shroppy said they were playing Fortnite. I'm not quite sure what video game they were playing. <laughs> But Tyree Kill has made it known when his current contract is up, he's retiring. And, uh, well, he expressed what his next career field might be. You retire, you're doing, you're going to be all over, huh? You're going to be doing TV, everything. Huh? Nah, when I retire, bro, I really want to be a porn star, though, bro. Like, dead serious. Like, you, you think I got that? <laughs> no? <laughs> nah, I mean, it's, it's whatever you want, bro. I mean, you know that. Yeah, bro. Like I really, I really think I. <laughs> but they didn't one, give him anything. But one, when he asked, I mean, how's he supposed to answer that when he says, "You think I got that?" What, yeah, what? what is he supposed to say? Well, yeah, man, I've seen you, man. I, I yeah, think you got it. What kind of answer did he want? <laughs> yeah. He's like, y'all don't believe in me. Yeah. Y'all, y'all aren't uplifting me in my dreams. Yeah. Nobody said a word. <laughs> I think they were so shocked that he said that. So, and then it wasn't even after. They were like, oh, yeah, do what you want, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah, you got it. Whatever yeah. you want, bro. Okay. It's a great point by you, though. It's like, no, Tyreek, you'd be great at that, dog. <laughs> like, man, you'd be excellent. Listen, man. Shoot you know, for the stars. <laughs> what you supposed to say? Yeah, man, I know You know, I wasn't supposed to be looking when we went to shower, but, hey, man, you got it. You're going to be good. Hey, man, look, I, I've seen your film. I've seen your tape. You've done a great job, man. Just like one of my receiver from Miami, this is good for you. Yeah, man, that's wild. Reach for the stars. All right, well, that's a hell of a note we're going to end on for the live wire. <laughs>